Hey everybody, it's Dan from Church Taylor Productions, and I am sorry it's been so long since I've been back on a show with you. I have missed you, I know you missed me, and I'm just really glad I can be back, and I'm just got really sad that it has been so long, it just, it's just, ugh. Well, I wanted to do a, um, a in-a-season wrap-up show, but with my family, my personal family, in June... It's our most busiest month of the year for our family because all of our birthdays, all my siblings' birthdays are at the end of June, starting at the end of May and going to the end of June. My birthday is at the end of June, and this year I turned 40. Yay, happy birthday to me. But it was a massive celebration for us because when you turn 40, you better party because ain't nobody going to party for you. So <clears throat> it was just an amazing thing. So, and, um, and, and I stopped recording the, the the interviews, and I love the interviews. I absolutely love the interviews, but I stopped recording interviews because I wanted, because scheduling people in summertime when they have children is impossible because everybody's got to go do this or go do that or whatever, right? Well, <clears throat> and I, so I have planned to come back in September, but um, that didn't really work out well because, because I... Um, I just got super busy with everything else and just concentrating on what else I need to do. And when it came down, okay, I'm gonna, uh, when it came down to like, okay, I'm going to start with this show and do this and start up and, and whatnot. I was just like, oh man, because I really wanted to revamp my show. I, I, I really wanted to start over with it because I had a couple amazing, amazing guests. Like all my guests were very amazing and few of them. Um, well, I shouldn't say few. I'm sorry. All of them have their own talent, so to speak. You know, they're like just like you. You have your own way of you know. You might be a really good guitarist, or playing every, or singer, or a magician, or a, or just in general. And two people came onto my show: uh, Adam Bowden and Eddie, Eddie Healy. He came onto my show, and they both performed. They, uh, Adam sang his song "Amazing Grace," and Eddie played his guitar. And it sounded so beautiful, and I was just like, "Oh my God!" Okay, now I know. Now I know where I need to go with all this, and so I started looking around to try to find who I can partner with to do this with. Because when you're doing a podcast, um, especially if you take it out on a road or want to try to take it out on a road, you, you you have to have some people. You have to have a team to help you do all this stuff because. Unless you're just kind of like I'm just gonna wing it and go from there, um, then then good luck. You can do that, no problem. But the chances of you succeeding is it's well to each their own. So I won't say anything else about it. But um, so when I started down this road, I started looking at live music, live music venues, and just kind of hanging out with uh, other musicians to just to see, hey, can I record you? Can I talk to you about this? And 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 all that's and I gotta say every, every all that is gonna happen. Everything's gonna come onto that road because I, I definitely like to record live music because live music to me is happiness. Like I always tell people, go listen to live music. Let's go see a live band play because even though you might have to drive ten, you know, twenty minutes or away to go see a live band play, it's a lot of fun. So it's, it's a lot of fun to go see live music. It's good for the heart. It's good for the soul. And and uh, I always tell people, man, go do that. Go, go, uh, go, go do that because you're, it's one of those kind of things that you might, they might make it. And you can always say, 
I knew them when, and when that happens, then you can just be like, hey, you know, um, I was there when they played the song at this club, and now they're selling out to $60,000 or 60,000 seat stadiums. Get a drink of water there. So, um, so everything is, so uh, that's on, a, that's working, that's going. But then I decided to <coughs> go, go also another route. And there's a whole thing to this. Uh, it's kind of a story to all this, so I'll, I'll get to it as best I can. Um, if you know my story, way back when, I, in high school, uh, I went my own way from the Catholic Church. I decided to go my own way to the Catholic Church, and and I started going to these other churches. One of the churches still around is called Metro Crest Presbyterian Church. I am not a Presbyterian, folks. I uh, I got to tell you, um, this has been a discussion with some uh, other of my friends, and including my wife. If um, you can call yourself a uh, um, if you call yourself a Baptist and you go through the motions to become a Baptist you're a Baptist. If you, if you, if you call yourself a Catholic and go through the motions to become a Catholic, you're a Catholic, um, and Methodist and Presbyterian and so on. <clears throat> but for me, um, I grew up as a Catholic and, and I went through the motions as a Catholic as a child. And so when, um, I left the Catholic church, I was always a Catholic, no matter what, I've always been a Catholic. And even though I went to the Presbyterian church, I went because my friends were going there and, that to me is one of the saving graces of my stories because I was able to go hang out with people that I liked at a, at a church and I had a good time. So like I had this one guy named Dave Stanley. He kept inviting me to come back to church, come, come to church, come to church, come to church. And so I went one day and I had a blast, man. I had a, and I had an absolutely fun because we went to the youth group and the youth group was just an amazing time for me is a, is a great time of my life because the road I was heading down early on in my life was not a good road. Like it was not good. And so, so even though I still had to walk my own path and so and still had to learn my hard lessons and through the rest of my life, it started me down a road that, okay, I can do this. I can have a whole lot of fun without getting in trouble. And so that's what I did. So, and then toward it. And so, um, so the Presbyterian church that I went to, the Metrocross Presbyterian church, it wasn't a full-scale Presbyterian. It was like Presbyterian slash non-denominational. I never saw anything inside there that said we're Presbyterian. Um, because when I went to the Baptist church and I started exploring their churches, taking my freedom of religion to the T, I discovered that unless they're all dressed up in robes or some kind of tradition they got going on, it's pretty much a non-denominational church you're they're preaching from the hip that pastor up there is talking to you from his own real life perspective he's actually saying things to you that that are uh that's amazing that's good stuff that from his own thing whereas the catholic priests even though they're not um they're not a lot of them haven't lived a life enough to where they can say Hey, I, I, I paid my own bills or I've done this and the other. So they're not really talking to you from experience. They're talking to you from what the church told them to tell you, so to speak, which is not a bad thing either. I'm not knocking anybody. It's just, that's just the way that we can drink water. So, um, so I went to the center church, um, Metro Christ, And then one day, um, my, another friend, Hey, come come up to me and during high school and say, Hey, come here, man. I want to show you this other place. So I went, I went with him and I went to this place called uh cross point community church. 
And at that time, there's a pastor named Rhett, and and he is a really is very charismatic. He really knew how to connect with the people, and knew and knew how to get the message across. Um, then I left high school. I went to the army. I came home, and then I went. Um, and I said, well, I'm going to go back to church. And then I ran to this other guy named Pastor. I went back to the same church at Crosspoint, And I ran to this guy named Pastor David. Well, Pastor David was a very, also a very charismatic person. It was a really great, he's a great person to meet. He was very open for progressing and moving the church for as best as he could. And, or as much as that he was allowed to. Well, I went, I left again. I went my own direction and when I turned 30 is when I went back to the Catholic church and, and, uh, and so I did my thing in the Catholic church for the last 10 years from 30 to 40. And, um, I left the Catholic church again, because if you remember in my show with Stephen green, I talked about it being a hard thing for me to be in around a church that not, not the church itself, but just be involved, be associated with somebody or in general, like if, if I knew somebody who was an offender, sexual offender, I would never know them. I would never be like a friend of theirs. I would just totally disassociate you, blocked your phone number, blocked your email, um, let the police know where they are, you know, just like get away from me. And so the Catholic church, I just left. And so I did my own thing for a while and, uh, and for a few months there, I was just kind of like, oh man, I'm, I'm not happy with what I'm doing as far as my, my walk is, my, my faith is going, you know, I still believe I'm always believe because bottom line is that you're a Christian. Um, I'll give you a little lesson here for you to try to figure this out. If you are a Christian, if you believe in Jesus Christ and everything that he's done, all of his teachings, everything that they say about him that he did in the Bible and, and believe in the Bible and all that good stuff, uh, you're a Christian. What you don't, uh, what, what your identity is, is your, um, is, is how you believe in that. So like your identity is Catholic, Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, Presby um, so, so on. So what you are as a Christian and what you identify and how you practice the Christianity is the denomination you go to. So I am a Christian Catholic. Uh, people say, um, I've had many Baptists come up to me and say, are you a Christian? Well, yeah, brother, you can believe I'm a Christian. And they're like, well, we don't think you're a Christian. And so, well, why not? So be, and they gave me a whole long line of why not. So I'm like, have you ever Googled Christianity? Have you, have you ever looked into the history of Christianity and looked at who was the first person who was a, who's the same denomination that does exactly the way Jesus has done it? Like, no, Baptists do it. I'm like, no. I, I'm sorry. I got to tell you, no, that's no. Um, um, I, it's no, I, I, I'm no. Uh, so, <laughs> and, and, and I do it and I try to be as politely as I can about this thing, because this brings me to my next thing. When I was Ubering for a long time, I'm in my vehicles, both my vehicles, even today, I have to, I have two visor clips on in each car. And the visor clips has a, uh, one is a cross and has a prayer on it. And the other one is a, uh, has a rosary or, uh, it's like a heart with a thorns around the crown of thorns. And then the other vehicle has another thing with two little prayers next to it, two circles of prayers. And then the next one has, um, an image of Mary. And, and so, and when I was doing all when I was Ubering and stuff to 2017, 
uh, I was in my car and I picked up his passenger and he was from DFW airport. And normally I can always tell when, who somebody is within the first five minutes. You know, I, I got this sixth sense about me that I can be like, I know, I know what this person is. And this guy I picked up, he was dressed in what I call Sunday casual and um, he was clean shaven and everything. And he gets in the car and three out of five rides would ask me about did my visor clips at any hour of the night. And so I was just like, yeah, it, this is a, uh, these are, I'm Catholic and these are what these are and, and on and on. And sometimes the conversation would proceed on or, and sometimes it would end. And so I'm in this, so the guy's in the car with me and he's talking and, and within five minutes, I realized that this guy belongs to a church. He's going to a church and I zoomed in on a map and where he was going is where I live in the area. And so I knew that this spot was what I call church row where I lived. There was like six churches within a square mile of each other. And they're all saying the same thing, trying to go to the same place saying, no, no, they're wrong. I'm right. So come over here. And so, so I'm just looking at, so that's where he was going to. And so I'm looking at him through the mirror. He's sitting right behind me. So I'm able to look him in the eyes as he's talking to me. And I'm just sitting there chit-chatting with him. And he looks at me and he gets this real serious look in his eyes. And I said, and he says, uh, so which is the uh, true denomination? Which is the true religion? And I looked at him and, and I was looking back square in the eye and I said, well, okay, <clears throat> let me ask you, I, I, let me answer you with a question. In fact, let me answer you with two questions. He says, okay. And I said, <clears throat> and he said, well, I asked him, I said, did Jesus Christ perform the last supper? And he said, yes. And then I said, so which denomination still does that today? And he got quiet. And, and, and like in my car at the time, I had a really nice car and he, and it was this, and I, and like the world stopped, man, like all noise went away. And I just kind of look, looking at him in the back mirror, in the interview, rearview mirror, looking at his eyes and his eyes started to swell up and he got really emotional and he's just like, oh my God. And I said, um, well, yeah, that's true. And he said, no, no, it's Catholic. And I said, yeah and I said um and he said it's Catholic and I just said yes that's correct Jesus started a church and that church is still going today that church is still going that church Jesus performed the Last Supper and the Catholic Church is still doing the Last Supper exactly the way Jesus said it the way it's been written in Scripture then the Catholic Church is a true church. All the traditions, in, and, I, and so I continued on with him, and he, and he said, as all the traditions that you see in the Catholic Church, all the robes, the candles, the dishes, all that stuff, all of that comes from that time period. Um, from pretty much 1,800 years ago on. So like um, in the early days of Christianity, the, the, uh, I'll give, give you a very big history example, my, my, my forte's history. So I'll give you some history examples here. In the early Christian church, and you know, when Christians were meeting in Rome, um, and in the catacombs in Rome, they had a uh, they, they had their chalice, which was uh, or a goblet or 
whatever you call it, but it's a cup and a cup had wine in it. And then the sewers, uh, they met in the sewers because no Romans would come into the sewers because sewers were considered where like, and in real life uh, at that time, like if somebody got murdered, they're thrown into the sewers. And so nobody would ever go into the sewers because a lot of people are superstitious at the time. Like, Oh, it's haunted or bad juju or whatever. And so they would not go into there. And so, but the Christians found that going into the sewers or the catacombs, that that was their safe haven. And so they would go in there and they would take this wine in there. And oftentimes they would leave the wine in there. But even though when they would take the wine and they, start, and they would have their church service, the wine would attract bugs because wine is sweet. It has a sweet smell to it. And so they would put this little plate on top of the cup. And this plate, if you're if you're to go look at a Catholic mass or watch a, a Catholic mass on TV, uh, the they still do that today. The priest will put a lid on top of like a plate on top of a of the cup. Now there's a lot of big terminologies for this stuff that go back to that time, like the square, the plate they put on there is called a papal square or something like that, and the cup is called like a chalice or something like that. And it goes on and on. Um, and the candles, the candles, uh, there's there's always a practical side, and then there's a religious side. The practical side of having candles in at church services to light the way, man. They they like they couldn't have like the catacombs were in the sewers. It was dark. There's no there's no sunlight coming in, so they needed light. So they, you know, they didn't have flashlights. So they had candles. So they had so they had candles to light the way. So they had candles to light up what they were doing, and. So if you go to a Catholic mass now, you'll see candles everywhere. You know, some churches will have a whole bunch of them and some of them will have only a few of them. Well, um, the churches in the catacombs would have two candles all the time, at least two candles all the time. And it went just so they can see what they're doing. Now, today, there's a bunch of Bible verses about it and stuff like, well, it's spiritual to have a light, you know, shine a light on me, whatever. And that's all fine, Danny. But the practical thing was that the, the guys needed to see, man. They couldn't have mass that they couldn't see. So they have candles. It's really that simple. So, And in that time period, they didn't have other chemicals to make candles. So they went to the nearest thing that could burn all the time, which was beeswax. And so the candles today are made of beeswax. That's why they have the white, yellowy color to them, because it's a beeswax candle. There are candles that are red, they're colored, but those are dyed candles. They're not, they're not actually, they don't smell. They don't, they don't have, they don't have an incense smell to them. And so they'll, they'll just be kind of like, there's your candle right there. It's made out of beeswax and it was made practically in the catacombs so they can see what they're doing. And now they're there as a spiritual thing. In fact, today, if you ever see six candles, seven candles at a mass, that means a bishop or a, or the pope himself is in attendance. He's he's doing the mass. Whereas um, the, the the Catholic Church requires at least two candles to be in 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 presence lit at all times. Okay, and so that's the way it works. So if you ever see seven candles up there that means there's a bishop or a cardinal or even the pope himself is in attendance so if you're like watch a christmas mass on a channel or on, on nbc or wherever you can watch it um during christmas you'll see them carrying seven candles six candles side by side and there's one they're generally have one kind of in the middle to signify that the bishop the pope is in the the pope is in attendance so there's always so for everything there's always spiritual there's always a 
uh, realistic side, like there's a practical side to why they're doing it. And then there's a religious side they put on to their years later that said, oh, well, that actually means this. And then they're like, okay, great. Sounds good. And they, and they make it from there. So, so that's why I want to kind of concentrate. <laughs> sorry, I went on a tan sorry, I went off on that. But just so you know, like if you're walking to Catholic mass and you see the cup and then you see a plate on there, that was a tradition that they started out of practicality. Like they didn't want bugs or cockroaches swimming in their wine. So they had to cover it up with something. And so it's like, well, that makes sense. So let's make it that way today. So they still do it today, even though today, Hopefully you're not in a church full of cockroaches or bugs or anything, but in the other parts of the world that are not America, you might have that. You might have that. So it still stands. It still stands to have a practical use today. So there you go. And <clears throat> then the candles also have a very practical use to it today. Um, but it's also a very spiritual side to it as well. So there, there you have it. All right. <clears throat> so I, um, so <laughs> So I'm looking at, so during this time, I, I, I'm back out Ubering. And so, you know, on your Facebook memories, they have this, uh, they, they have this, your Facebook memories, they'll like post. And so every time I would have a thought in my head about Christianity, I would write about it and post it on my Facebook. Well, in my memories, it came up and those visor clips came up and I was like, son of a yeah, seriously. And what spawned this in my head is that I started going to Crosspoint Community Church again, which is no longer called Crosspoint Community Church, but Pastor David, who was there at Crosspoint when I was a kid and, and well in, in my early my early twenties, he was preaching at the church. When I left the Catholic Church, a good friend of mine named his name is also David said, Hey, come with me to my church. So I started looking I started looking up online and I recognized that's Pastor David from from high from when I was in my twenties, twenty years ago. So I looked so I met so I messaged him and he's like, Yeah, this is me. What are you doing? I said, I'm coming to your church, man. And so I went to his church and knowing that the traditions are, are important to me in my life and knowing that the realistic of it, like, I just kind of like, okay, well, I'm not going to go to Catholic church no more. So this is going to be my new norm. You know, like I'm, I'm, I, I know what is, I, I know the traditions are true and pure and right. And they have a very huge history to them for reasons why. And, but if I'm not going to go to Catholic church, I have to be okay with what I see at another church. And so, so I go to this church and, and they, and, and he's doing it, he's preaching and I'm loving, I'm loving, I'm loving everything he says. And, um, and then they go to, uh, do com their, their form of communion. And I was like, oh man, that's cute. It's, it's very nice. It's very traditional for them. And that's the way they want to do it. That's the way they want to do it. So I, what am I going to say? No, you can't do that. I'm not in a Catholic church no more. The Catholic church does a certain way and only a certain way where other denominations will do it a different way, which is fine. Whatever that is for you in your church, wherever you live, great, go for it. That's what it takes. And that's what it takes. If that's what you feel is the way it should be done, then that's the way it feel, then, then that's the way it should be done for you. For me, however, being a history buff about the Catholic church and about the reasons why they did what they did back then, it made sense to me that what I was witnessing, what I was partaking in was okay, but it wasn't in my mind, the right way. And so I was just like, great, let's just roll with this. It's fine. I'm getting my feed. I'm, I'm being fed. I'm, I'm having a good time. 
Um, I'm getting a lot on my message because one of my past posts I've also talked about, I've even gone, like, I'd rather go to the church down the street to, um, pastor Dave, pastor Bob or whatever, listen to what he has to say about us because he's married, he's living the life. So he has a very, um, intimate perspective of what he's talking about instead of a Catholic priest who is good at not married. He doesn't have any children and he's uh living in a um what they call the uh sacristy which is a house provided a house provided by the parish the church that he's involved in and so he's like he doesn't get paying any bills so everybody pays it for him and so i would always want to go to see somebody to talk about like marriage so i mean i'm not going to go listen to a Catholic priest about marriage because they're not married but pastor bob is and so i would go listen to pastor bob about what they what the church says about marriage what religion says about marriage and so forth so when I was listening to Dave, Pastor David, I was like, oh man, I'm loving it. This is great. And and I'm talking to my wife about it. I'm, I'm telling her about the whole thing. And it's it's a wonderful, wonderful church. And and people love him. Like there's people that have been there for the last 20 years that follow this guy around. And he I told him very clearly, um, just playing like, dude, I've met 40 priests in my life. I've listened to them all. And out of those 40 priests, only five can put it in a term and put it in a way, in a terminology that you can understand. Like anybody can walk in off the street and say, oh man, I totally got what he said. Because they write their sermon, their homily, the Catholic Church calls it a homily, based off the scripture that they read. And the sermons are written the same way. They're like, okay, this is the scripture today. This is Matthew, whatever. And this is what I think about it. And this is how, and this is how, this, this is how I'm relating it to my real life situations. And excuse me, I burped and the church. And so pastor David was able to do the same thing. Um, so I'm going to his church and I'm telling my wife about it. And I'm very happy, very excited about the whole thing. And, but I'm missing the traditions. I'm missing all the prayers, all the formal, the formality of everything. I'm missing all of that because I'm like, I understand everything. I know all this stuff, you know, and, and, I'm pulling myself out of Catholic Church because of stupid reasons, really. Because the church itself is its own thing, you know, it's its own entity. The preachers who did all these horrible things are not a part of the church no more. If they've been found, they're gone or they're on the way out. But these other guys, but the church itself, the traditions are pure. They are been, they've been there for over the last 1800 years and counting. And so they're, what they're doing is a pure, it's pure. It's a pure, it's a, it's just pure, man. It's clean. And so I was like, I can't get, I cannot get mad at the Catholic church itself because the Catholic church is doing what it needs to do. I can get mad. I should be mad at all the priests and everybody who allowed the priests to do what they've done. So I'm going to separate these two things and go to the Catholic church to witness the traditions. And I was like, okay, well, in my Facebook memories, I saw that post about the visor clips. And in that post, I'm the pastor and I'm the guy in the back seat, which by the way, that guy in the back seat was actually a pastor of the church. I was taking him to, he was a, uh, he was flying there. They're flying him in to uh, apply for a job to be the pastor of that church. And so he talks to me about what's the true religion as a Catholic. And he goes, and I'm going to go be, and, and I'm applying to be a pastor of this church. I'm like, oh man, uh, uh, 
I'm sorry. Um, do you want a beer? I'll take you to go get a beer or something. He's like, no, I'm sorry. It's okay. It'll be fine. I'll live and let him out the car door and off you went. Good luck to that. Good luck to that dude. So, <laughs> so I was just like, oh man, I told my, I come up to my wife about it. I just derailed a pastor and he's going, he was in town for, to apply for this church to be their lead pastor. And I just, and he just woke up, so to speak. And she's like, well, good job. I'm, I'm sorry. So anyways, when I read that clip, when I, when I read that post, I was like, man, I'm the guy in the back seat. And I just got my ass kicked again. You know, there's always this, every, every, you will go, if you have not, you will go through these aha moments. Like, aha, I got it. I understand. I understand now. And he was, that was the, that, that was his aha moment. When I read that, when I, when I read my Facebook post, for 2017 that was my aha moment so okay so me and the wife we start going back to the catholic church but we don't go back to the same catholic church we go start visiting other catholic churches in the next door diocese and we actually are loving everything that we're doing we're loving everything we're seeing and i am fulfilled i am fulfilled i am alive i'm free i i am i'm, I'm watching the, the mass i'm participating in the mass all their prayers are the same that's one thing about the catholic church folks is that Everything that you go see in a Catholic church is going to be the same as the next church down the road. The little bitty things, the little tiny mechanics, like <clears throat> the church that I grew up in, they focused on this one thing. The churches over here do not focus on that one thing. Even though that's a prominent part of the church, is not a highlight of that church. That's not important. What's important is the mass, the message, the traditions. All of that is important. All the prayers, that's what's important. So... So when I'm sitting there, <coughs> so we go to start going to this Catholic church <coughs> and visiting them. I start posting about the Catholic churches and every Catholic church that we've gone to in the DFW area is absolutely stunning. They're all very beautiful. The pastors, the, the, the sorry, the preachers, the, the priests, the deacons, the acolytes, the altar servers, they're all doing their thing. They all have their own little way of doing it. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And we're just thrilled with the whole thing. But I didn't want to leave Pastor David because Pastor David is able to put everything into a message that you can walk in off the street and and learn. And I told him, I said, I wish you were a Catholic priest because you have a gift to put it in ways that everybody can understand. And out of those five priests that I met, um, I added two more to me because of the, to, to, uh, two Catholic churches that I went to, that we went to. And the next diocese over, they were the same way. They're able to put it straight down for you and let and and level it out. You know, they're able to connect, and that's a very hard thing to do because remember, most of these priests go straight from high school into seminary, and they have no real world experience. Where the five priests that I'm talking about, they actually have real 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 world experience because. Uh, they lived, they didn't go to seminary. They went from high school to graduate high school, went, maybe went to a college somewhere and paid bills and lived life. And then later on in life, they went into, then they went into seminary. They say, well, I need to go to seminary and I'm going to, I hear my calling. I'm going to go be a preacher. And they go through seminary and they have a very unique experience because the guy sitting next to him, he's 17 years old, 18 years old, just graduated high school. And he's automatically in seminary. That's probably the first time he's been away from home. 
on his own, living in his own place and or living in a dorm. And this preacher sitting next to him is like, this other guy's like 35 years old. He's like, I've already had girlfriends. I've had, my, I've been drunk a hundred times or whatever. I paid my bills. I've had my electricity cut off and you've been living with your mom and dad and you're going straight into this and being taken care of by the church. Good for you. Well done. Um, I'm glad you're going to be able to connect with this, with the, <clears throat> with the people. That's always been a funny thing for me too, because I was like, that kid's, that kid is 22 years old and he and he's he's been ordained a preacher and he has no idea what he's talking about because what can a 22 year old kid tell tell a mom and a parent or a family a wife and father a wife and husband what to do when they when they just had a miscarriage ain't a whole lot there they could say what are you going to say uh in my limited experience you have to do this Oh man, but that 35 year old, I guarantee you he's seen it. He's been through it somewhere, some way or another. He's been through that realm. He's been through that, that's that battle. And so, and so, um, I've just was kind of like, that's cool. Anyways. So I went to, so I went to pastor David and I have a podcast. Everybody knows podcast. So here's the realm. So here's where it all gets wrapped up. I have a podcast. It's called Church Table Productions. And I said, David, we need to record you, man. We need to get your message out there. We, we need to put you on the stage, you know, get you moving, get it out there. And he says, well, what do you mean? So I, so I tell him, I said, I have a, I have a, I, I, I have a podcast. It's called Church Table Productions. I have all this equipment. I can record you and put you out there in, a, in, a, in the limelight. And he says, Okay, well, this was back before Christmas. And he said, well, let's talk about after Christmas. Well, after Christmas came on, we started building all the stuff up and everything's going on. And I said, all right, here we go. And um, the one of the elders of the church uh, wrote the intro for the show. And um, <clears throat> I'm going to have my wife record it. But anyways, and his wife's going to re- do recording on it too. And it could be a wonderful thing. So why am I telling you all this? Because... I am inviting you to come to this church. This church, the way this format is, is called is, is called uh, church supper or whatever. So what they do, they feed you and then they preach to you. So like you'll have a dinner. So you'll either have a lunch, brunch, or dinner. And then after dinner is over or the supper is over, the meal is over with, then they, then they go into the preach. They go into the sermon. He starts talking about the sermon. It says, and it's also an open forum. So, <clears throat> so he's going to say, well, this is what the pat, this is what the, this is what the scripture is today. We're going to go through scripture. Now, what do you think? What do you think that means? What do you think this means? And he, you're able to answer out loud. You're, you're able to talk to this part, talk to him and answer the questions. So it's open forum. Now, <clears throat> He doesn't, people are like, well, now you're going to be like, uh, that was the wrong answer. And now we're leading out blind, leading a blind, right? Well, no, because he takes it. He considers all answers. He turns around and he says, okay, well, this is what it really says. And he pushes it in a nice way. He push and then he leads you into the next direction. So all that's all fine and dandy. I'm inviting you. If you have ever wanted to come meet me at, um, the, guy of church Hill productions come meet me at sunday night 5 p.m mass on february 2nd um let's see where is that let's see is that february 2nd and yes february 2nd 5 p.m mass and i'm going to be there recording 
live the 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 the, the church, Pastor David. And you better meet him, meet everybody else. It's a wonderful church. And give the address is 322 North Mill Street, Louisville, Texas. That's 322 North Mill Street, Louisville, Texas. And it looks like an old house and across the street is parking across the street, a parking lot right across the street, and you'll see cars parked in there. And that's where you want to park. The church is called The Table of Dallas. And you can find them on Facebook, The Table of Dallas, or you can go to the website, thetabledallas.com, and look at more information about them. The Table of Dallas is the name of the church. Uh, the place is called, the place, the address again is 322 North Mill Street, Louisville, Texas, five o'clock. That's when it starts. So get there early, get there about between four. Hey, I get to about 4.30, you know, that way you can get settled in, have it, get, grab a chair and stuff and all that kind of stuff and uh, just hang out. Now, let me tell you, you might want to eat before or even after because the meals are, they're, you know, they're good meals, but they're not, they're not, they're not designed to fill you up. They're just there to comfort food, so to speak. It's like a snack, you know? So 322 North Mill Street, Louisville, Texas. Come meet me. Come join us at this church. It's called the Table of Dallas. And uh, I look forward to meeting you. I'll be there. I'll be there uh, at three o'clock getting all my stuff set up. So if you want to show up then and talk, we'll have a chat, have sit down and talk. So I look forward to seeing you, look forward to meeting you and um, be cool, man. It's all beautiful things. So this is Dan Church Table Productions. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. I totally forgot. Um, before I let you go, the Church Table Productions is going to change its name to the Table of Dallas. Church Table Productions Facebook page is still going to be there. Everything's still going to be there. All the iTunes, all the iTunes, Spotify, all that kind of stuff is going to be there. You'll find, you'll be able to listen to the sermons to the church on the standards things uh, as you are now. And, but you'll be able to hear everything as I, as I, as it programs. So it, that's what you'll feel. So find iTunes, Spotify, and all the other great um, uh, podcast apps out there. So there you have it. So, Church, the Church Table Productions on February 2nd is going to change its name to The Table of Dallas. And it's going to just continue on the same platform. So, 322 North Mill Street, Louisville, Texas. 322 North M-I-L-L Street, Louisville, Texas. And I'll put it, I'll put on our, I'll put it on Church Table, on a Church Table Productions Facebook page. All right. Cool. God bless you. Love you. And I'll holler at you later. I'm Dan with Church Table Productions. Bye.